Week number two of the coronavirus hiatus carries on here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And as we're getting ready to start the show here, I knew that it was almost time to hit go because, like, everyone grabbed a beer and cracked it open. (laughs) (laughs) So it it must officially be showtime. It's going to be a fun one here. Coming up in about a half hour, we're going to have Fred Briant joining us. Uh, as our guest this week to talk through everything COVID-19, how the team's coping, and uh, we got a lot to talk about for this current DC United season, which is sort of still going on, right? Yeah. So I'll welcome to the show, as usual, Sam Caster, Joshua Morgan, Michael Black. Hey, how's it going? How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Hanging in there. Yeah. Got Uh-oh. our six-foot cords over here, <laughs> practicing good hygiene and... Continuing yeah. to bring you the it's, content. It's uh, pretty pretty different than uh, what we were supposed to be doing. We were supposed to be on the bus right now, uh, headed up to Philly. Yeah, this, the showtime this week actually worked out pretty well because this this was exactly the time I think we were going to be shipping up to, to Philly for what's always a fun road trip. It's usually not a fun game, but the the trip's quick. It's it's a good time. Beautiful weather outside, but hopefully, uh, if you're listening, you got a beer cracked open, and uh, we can we can provide a little bit of a break from the the craziness that's going on in the world right now. So, like, what are you guys doing without soccer right now? Because <laughs> it's been uh, it's been an interesting week for, for me every single day. <laughs> yeah, just uh, uh, the the league side has been reminiscing a little bit. It's been fun to watch the actual like league uh, content creators try to come up with stuff. They've been uh, replaying uh, big MLS games. Uh, last week they had the the Orlando City game. I know a lot of our our friends and fellow podcasters and, and listeners. Watch that. Uh, yeah, I think the District Ultras actually had a viewing party uh, on Facebook for that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing to watch uh, Twitter feeds talk about the game as it's happening. Like, they don't know what's going to happen, uh, especially in that, that Orlando game. It's yeah. uh, exciting to relive it like it was live again. I think people were talking about the VAR decision, like rehashing the VAR decision after the goal. Like, oh, man, if that was the English, like they would have seen Acosta trip him and pulled it back. Oh, and... and- in that game, you know, one of the things that you forget, you know, obviously the, the memories are great, but you forget just how many times they went to VAR in that game. Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was like right when it was being implemented. It was insane. I feel like at least our league has gotten a little bit better about it. I don't know. I know Sam's still not content with it. I mean, I'm, I'm still not. I think that it takes away sometimes and it's getting a little better, but it definitely takes away from like the flow of the game and it takes away from everyone being able to understand what's going on and... I think that part of the game is human error, right? And it's frustrating. And definitely when it's like yards offside and it's missed, like, yeah, pull that back. Maybe use technology to enhance the game in that way. But when you're talking millimeters, I just don't think – I don't think the current rules of the game are written in a way to allow for technology to be incorporated in the game. And I think that that's the struggle that we were all watching the like English leagues implement and MLS implement was how to have these rules that were written for like people to interpret. Now having technology interpret that is has been the struggle. Well, Sam, the good news is if you know the English leagues can't figure out a way forward and they just canceled this season, Leeds could have another season without VAR in the championship. Yeah, that's that's great. It's really a shame we don't have video right now because I think Sam just tried to kill me. All right, well, it's fun being here with y'all. We'll <laughs> see you next week. But yeah, that that Orlando game seems like so far away. I mean, Rooney, Will Johnson, like those are just figures of the past now. I mean, they're yeah, they're long gone. But on the plus side, you know, that Orlando game kicked off a impressive run for DC to finish the season. Lots oh, of man, that games. was so fun to be part of, right? Lots of games to fill up the back half of the year. Maybe we're seeing something similar this year. 
So when we eventually start watching soccer, the whole team just watches that game, and then we get <laughs> off on that run again. Well, you know, it's that does bring up a good point, because I remember when we were kind of planning out what our season was going to look like doing this show, it was like, oh, this is beautiful. You know, we got all these Saturday games, which I know all the fans were excited about this year, and we've got very few midweek games, plenty of time for things like the League's Cup and the Open Cup, and obviously everything is up in the air right now but in theory hopefully in a couple months we'll be back playing soccer again and and yeah what is that schedule going to look like and and we're going to be doing a lot of this i think because it's going to be a a condensed season and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about you know after after fred comes on we'll talk a little bit more um about what could happen with the mls season uh but right now what we do know is that in accordance with cdc guidance uh major league soccer has pushed back all games until uh, May 10th at the earliest, which for DC United would be uh, another home game, which if they play all the games, then, you know, our first three games are at home. That could cause problems later on. But um, Orlando City at home on, on May 16th, ironically enough, would be the first game back. Right. You start pre-gaming now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else do you have to do? Yeah. And, and in the meantime, though, what have you guys been watching or, or, or doing at home i mean right now here in the studio in in quotes uh we have espn 8 the ocho on right now which is awesome that they brought that back and i and just like all of the sports media i know they're struggling uh with content but this is fantastic we had the sign spinning championship on earlier and and now there's a, a fireman walking through a crowd i don't really know what's happening here world hamburger eating championship yeah that apparently a firefighter is about to <laughs> completely destroy he's at least bringing that energy um uh- yeah, the, I mean, we we have a, a bunch of friends uh, like at RFK Refugees and then uh, DC United Kingdom who are producing content still, uh, extra time still putting out stuff. And, and you know, we're, we're st- like you said, we're still trying to, to push out episodes every week when we would have had a game. So catching up on that, trying to live vicariously through these shows to like pretend that the season's still like happening. Yeah, and you know, uh, FIFA on the Xbox gives you a great <laughs> opportunity to live out your dreams and making believe that things are still going on and things are still normal. So uh, a lot and a lot of that. Well, yeah, I, I know some MLS teams have uh, like played virtual games in place of the games that were supposed to happen. Leicester City moving on in the FA Cup virtual <laughs> with, a, with a big win over Chelsea on FIFA. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I said that before. I think every MLS team should elect one like. Well, they have yeah. player, and no, but like a player on the team, like oh, they yeah. elect like Bill Hamid as the player for DC United, and he oh. just like plays our games on FIFA. I'd watch the heck out of those streams. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Put a mic on them, I'd absorb all that content. Yeah, and they were doing that. I, I think in La Liga, actually, they had a, a couple a couple players from one of the games they played on FIFA, like you're suggesting, and that that would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be really funny. And part of me would like it to be somebody who has never actually played the game before. I think that would just add to the entertainment factor. That's absolutely what I said. I said pick the worst player on every single team and just have them we, go we got at a it. Good like young crop. Yeah, I think Paredes, Yao could get together. Griff, like, they probably yeah. Could you imagine Benny? At, at the helm <laughs> have all the coaches do it <laughs> uh, that'd be funny uh, yeah, that'd be really interesting to try to see them like put their tactical game into fifa i mean if, if the if the dc united content team's looking for stuff i think we could definitely help make that happen maybe what we should do is try to get some of the other podcasts to do a fifa tournament with us yeah. i would really enjoy that and i'm really bad at that game so i would definitely look to my co hopefully i draw sam the out of the pot the first round <laughs> Uh, speaking of draws, DC United, uh, did you guys see this on Twitter? DC United did that jersey bracket, which, oh my gosh. I, 
I don't know. I I have some questions for the fans of this team now. But <laughs> look, I know history and all that, but the white jersey with like the submitted eagle in the background, it's just like way too much. And people loved that one. It made it way too far. In my I opinion. think it looked better in the picture, like the the graphic of it on Twitter, than it actually did like in in real life. Yeah. I, let I, me let me pull this this whole bracket up. Yeah. Uh, the the plain. I mean. Uh, uh, are we calling it the plain white jersey? The, yes, everyone the knows what you're jersey, The current away jersey. <laughs> the plain white I, th- tea. I think we call it the plain white tee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it exited uh, it, it pretty promptly. Uh, some very questionable ones. We had a, a like-for-like matchup recently with the three stripes across uh, what I think it was like 1998 for 1996. They were the same well, jersey. And you know what's funny about that? That that voting is now over, as that's, that's the first one that came up here. And the 98 version won, which is... I've got questions because it, it beat out the OG, right? I get that there there's two stars on the 98 one, which is awesome, but it's also the the somewhat newer logo, and oh, that that original logo was just so great. It's very, I, I mean, I was a child, but it looks very 90s to me. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> that is definitely a league that cannot pay actual like graphic designers, so it's just like someone was like, hey, my daughter knows how to use a computer, and they created the logo for each team. Yeah, and there's a big part of me that would like us to go back to that, you know, three straps across the middle, you know, a full-on throwback, you know, we're not getting it this year for the you know, 25th season, but, you know, maybe for 30. Yeah. I'd love it. Uh, it would probably mean we'd have to stay signed with Adidas, who have been rolling out some Mm, meh jerseys uh recently but i don't know maybe they shake things up and, uh... yeah it, it'll be interesting to see i mean I, I think the the league they said they learned some things from some of the surveys that they do with fans each year and and definitely one of the things they said that they're working with adidas on right now and i, I think this might have been in an athletic article i apologize for not having the exact source on the top of my head but talking about additional uh, oh yeah, that was Pablo. Like, Pablo yeah, third kit. We talked about third kits, and, and they also talked about like one-off kits that they wanted to do a little more of. So like I know in the past they've done the um, like the blue uh, Earth Day kits. Um, they were made out of all recycled plastic. Yeah, yeah I love that. it was a little bit weird to watch when you were watching like the Chicago Fire in a light blue, or like the LA Galaxy in a light blue. Like that was a little off-putting. Oh, specifically but... last year, we played NYCFC at home. Yeah, got smoked. And yet we were wearing their baby blue color, and they were wearing black, and it was just like yeah. It, it felt like the players were confused. Right now. I remember that game. I feel they, like the they looked confused. Were, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what we're gonna chalk it up to. <laughs> but if we wanted to go the cherry blossom route, I'm all for that, dude. Yeah, what is it gonna take to buy uh, one of those cherry blossom jerseys? I know uh, AODC had them. I think the sale's over with now. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, it is. Um, they were yeah, they were pretty nice. I was really excited about those. Um. But to get back to the D.C. United bracket, it looks like a lot of, I mean, the black jerseys really, the home jerseys really smoked the white away ones. What did you all think of that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? I mean, I have a, I have a 1996 white away kit, and I think it's, those jerseys, the, the, the OG, OG jerseys are just so pretty to me. They, because they're symmetrical to each other, and they're just like a simple, clean look. I love it. I, I, I mean, I'm looking at the bracket, and they're not in there. I like the white one with the, the red stripes across that, uh. Burnbaum wore at Ben's Chili Bowl in the <laughs> This Is DC <laughs> video. Uh, those are pretty solid. Yeah, well, and you know, I love the fact that you know for a club that's got so much tradition, so many uh, you know cups in the the trophy case, it's you know cool to look back at some of our you know our history. You know, this is a club that 
has a lot of things that we can look back on with pride and you know the stadium's done a lot to get in line with that this year and uh show that off and seeing that in these jerseys is is really cool like john said going from 1996 to 1998 you see two more stars on there that's that's exciting yeah that is a big deal um and i i wonder how much of the voting kind of you know how much of it is like this is the, the best looking jersey and how much of it is like Oh, I'm really nostalgic for this time in the yeah. team's history when they were wearing this jersey. Well, and, and perhaps a, a different question here, and you know, looking at the bracket, it does look like they went home versus away in every single initial matchup. But was there a home jersey that we didn't like? I mean, for the most part, <laughs> and, and it's funny because John you know, creates dead air. <laughs> nailed it. You know, Abby tells me all the time, like. They're the same, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, they're different all the time. But what they are is they're always black and a little bit of red. And so I think it's, it's kind of hard to screw up the home jersey. The away jerseys seem to be where the team takes a little bit more leeway. They try to do something a little bit different. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it ends up completely blank. But to me, all of these home jerseys work, work great. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's different. Like when you have a, I don't know, black and white are obviously different colors, which is what I was about to say. So I'll stop y'all from joking but i don't know like a plain black just looks classier than a plain white right and that so you can do a lot less almost with the black jersey and it still kind of looks classic because like we're the black and red like that's our team that's our color versus like when you just have a white jersey like that is i mean like every team in the whole world wears white away so if you're gonna try to do something unique or creative with the white jersey like that you have to, otherwise it's just a white jersey that has absolutely been seen somewhere else in the world. I would be fine if we saved white jerseys just for Real Madrid. Like nobody else gets them. Yeah, and you know, a little bit of bias it, it makes you <laughs> kind of miss the days when you had a third jersey you could go to on occasion. You know, we talk about having one-off jerseys like the Earth Day jersey, but yeah, you know, I'd love to see a a full red kit for you know the occasional game. It's nice to mix it up, and especially I'm, now that we have red shorts, that would look pretty. Well, ball. that's when you switch it, right? You, you do the red jersey the and the black shorts. Hey, or the white shorts. Hey, but actual white shorts, not that light gray nonsense that we kind of had. I actually really liked the the initial buzzard point jerseys. I I mean, they, they had the like gray sublimated lines and stuff in it. So I, I thought those were cool. But yeah, then it ended up being like no red to be found. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't love that as much. Yeah. I, I would really... Like Black said, I would really, really love to see kind of like an all red jersey. It'd be interesting to see what kind of happened with that jersey that I have. I got it at the RFK, like going out of business sale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wear it a lot. <laughs> uh, but but it's interesting when, when you look, you know, again at this bracket, like there's only one, and I own it, wh- uh, white jersey that really sticks out to me as one that I like, and it was the 2015, 2016, or maybe 14, 15. Jersey that like was re- all red at the top and then kind of like faded Fades into out, the white. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was. Yeah, I have a uh, Connor Doyle. Nailed it. Game slash bench worn jersey <laughs> <laughs> that I got at that Ouch. locker room sale. <laughs> Listen, I love Connor Doyle. I freaking loved seeing him on the field, but I also understand what his role was on the team. The defensive sure. forward. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. He still could have captain Loudon. Like he's on my list of players that could have and should have captain. I would. United. Yeah. I mean, he's the only guy who can create a Doyleazzo. So. <laughs> He had such a great energy. I really liked watching him on the field. So, yes, I do have his jersey. Um, and I had a burn mom jersey of that, which was unfortunately stolen out of my friend's car. 
All right, so can you tell us more about that? Yeah. <laughs> How did someone break into your car and steal a DC United jersey? It was in a. Was that the only bag. thing stolen? <laughs> no, yet yeah, no. My entire overnight bag was stolen. It had like yeah. All... So they accidentally. I was waiting to hear that they, they yeah. left like fifty dollars <laughs> that was just out. No, it was it was in that bag. Do you know what? Also, though, now that we're just talking about me, I guess um, my groundbreaking scarf was also in that bag that was stolen and i will literally never get over that i was at the audi field groundbreaking and i got a scarf and i've asked the team they said they have no more i'll see what i have downstairs i might have an extra one i would cry i would literally <laughs> cry i have been heartbroken for years over the fact that this happened to me tried and true bring people together <laughs> making the dreams come true so we're going to talk uh, a bit more about all of the off the field stuff right now but if you'd like to join the conversation uh we've got youtube live up we've actually got twitter live working today which is really cool um so you can always comment in the uh in the chat on youtube or you can join the show using the hashtag tried and true dcu and hopefully after the after the segment with fred here coming up at one at the top of the hour um we will open up the phone line as well so we'd love to hear your thoughts um as always so join us uh whichever way is easiest for you so yeah. what jersey do we think wins this thing? Because it's down to the final four. Could you bring up the final four bracket? And for anyone listening, either live or if you're going to listen back to the um, podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> you could just look this up on Twitter. It's on DC United's Twitter. They've been tweeting it out pretty frequently, and that's how they're also doing the voting. So we're in the Elite Eight right now, it looks like, yesterday. Uh, the only Elite Eight of this year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yesterday, I, the home jer- the ninety eight home jersey with the two stars beat out the OG uh, by not a whole lot. Like that was pretty even voting. There's only two away jerseys remaining. Actually, that's I, what I mean. I would I have liked to see them do like a home side and away side, so you can kind of see because th- that's why I kind of the said away side would be different. so. Is, it, that'd be like the Western Conference would be the home jerseys, and the Eastern Conference, which is always weaker, would be the away jerseys. Our away game jerseys. Ouch. Look, I mean, no, only two of them are in the I final. I don't think, <laughs> but these two that are, these two white jerseys that I'm looking at right now, it's one of the ones that Joshua referenced before with the eagle that is kind of imprinted in the jersey, mm-hmm. and one of them with three red stripes across the chest. Those aren't the best away jerseys, right? Like the the red with the red at top with the stripes going down with like the lightos. Like I agree that that's my favorite away jersey, but that prob- that came up with probably like the '98 jersey, and I mean that's not going to beat it, but it's still the better away jersey. So I would have liked to see like like for like comparisons. And then just just like the '98 jersey has the momentum. I think it goes all the way. I I love the Volkswagen logo, but I mean it's just not as clean. Those those jerseys are kind of bland, if I'm being honest. I'll tell you that when Adidas, Major League Soccer, and and the clubs want to make more money, which now would be a good time to do that. Um, they could pick pretty much any of these remaining jerseys here and sell it for a limited run, and I, I would buy it. I'm looking at all these. A lot of people. I own a couple of them, yeah. but I would buy the ones that I don't own. I've so, also got some nostalgia for that classic MLS logo. You know, obviously we've upgraded now to a, a shield that you know looks very professional, but th- there is something you know that pulls at your heartstrings when you talk about the soccer ball with the cleat, you know, playing through it for MLS soccer. It's uh, there was a run of what like a couple months, I think it was, where. U.S. soccer got rid of the soccer ball and their logo, and then MLS got rid of the foot and the soccer ball and their logo. It was just like, we're going to simple logos. Going neutral. We're established now. I think that's what it was. It was just established. Now that people know what we are, yeah, we don't have to have the soccer ball and the logo. Guys, look at how young Joey Chestnut is in this burger eating competition oh taking God. on Takiru Kobayashi right now. <laughs> Speaking of looking young, I'm on a DC United's Twitter profile, and 10 years ago today, we signed Andy Nahar as Aww. the second home ground. 
Um, wow, second home. What are we up to now in home runs? We're over ten, right? I think we we have a pretty decent homegrown program. Like yeah. I, I don't know quantity, maybe not as high as like the RSLs, Phillies, and FC Dallas, but uh, we've just got some good. I mean, Bill's locked up starter, one I of the would, best goalkeepers in the league. Andy Nahar, for a while, was one of the better, I guess, right backs was where he played mostly, and then Durkin was is tearing it up in his like lower level league in Europe. I mean, it's those are pretty good products. I would buy a reprinted Andy Nahar fourteen. Because that was precious. Like, he asked Ben Olsen if he could wear the number 14 because he was, like, inspired by Ben. And that was precious. I'd buy that jersey. But which begs the question, if they rerun these old jerseys, I have my opinion about this, but I'll ask you all first. Do you keep it to, like, the players who played at on that team at that time? Or do you put, like, the newer players on those rerun jerseys if they were to be released? Uh, it depends on the font for me. If it's the new font, you can't have Olsen in the new font because he never played in that. Yeah, it it's so I'll use I'll use my uh, my English club as an example. Um, was lucky enough to take a a trip to England in this off season, which we're kind of back in. Um, <laughs> and actually, Leicester City was doing exactly that. Uh, they were selling old jerseys. They had the old sponsors on them, which I think was pretty cool. I don't know how they negotiated that. Um, but yeah, it was very limited. There was like a, a list at the end of every rack, and it was like, here's the players you can get in this jersey. So you couldn't get like a current day player in the you know '79 kit. Like there wasn't a thing. I they, that's just an abomination. I yeah. support the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's for amazing. Sure. You know, it's funny when I bought the uh, when I bought the red jersey that I was talking about earlier. Um, by that time, th- that season, they had red keeper jerseys in, in MLS. And I remember asking, like, do you have, like, the numbers from this? And he was like, oh, my God, if you were here two days ago, I just threw that season's numbers out. I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> well, oh, no. So. And can we get back to being able to buy keeper jerseys? I mean, Bill Hamid being one of our you know biggest uh, influences Say, on the Star film. player. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that we can't buy keeper jerseys anymore, that, 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 that hurts. I also have really strong opinions about I feel like you should only put keeper names on the back of keeper jerseys. And obviously, yeah, it's difficult when you can't buy the keeper jersey, but it just doesn't look great to me. Strong opinion. You're just adding some people. And I've seen quite a few Bill Hamid. But like I understand, like absolutely homegrown. You want to support him. You want to like wear his jersey. But I like it it doesn't look right when you see Hamid on the back of like a regular jersey. The alternative is to wear a green or orange jersey. It's yeah, tough. and you rock it. <laughs> it's tough. It looks so bad. You can't wear a supporting uh, different colors in the supporter section. Well, and, right? and what do you do now? Because if you can't buy a keeper jersey, but Hamid's your favorite player, like you're kind of yes. you're kind of you, stuck. I mean, I, I don't endorse I don't, it. Know. I don't think you should get a keeper name and number on the back of a regular jersey. Thank but it's tough. Look, I'd love to see Bill play like a like a D mid spot for at least one game. I feel like that would be an infinity. And then you could wear it. And then you could wear it. <laughs> when we do the podcast FIFA tournament, you can put Bill in as a field I'll player. I'll still beat you, too. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, Joshua. I, I can't even. Joshua's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we all just add MLS and get them to sell the keeper jerseys. I don't think it's the same thing as, like, wearing a quote-unquote different color in the supporter section if you're wearing your team's keeper jersey. Like, that's not the same as wearing, like, a random Seattle jersey. Sure, because you can't even buy long-sleeve jerseys right now. You know, especially is, those early season games or if we start going later this year, you know, people need options. It's also heartbreaking. I love those long-sleeve jerseys. And I don't know. Why Why do they – why scale back? Like, what is the point of that? Money. It's all money. It's all money. You're not making money. <laughs> I mean, when DC United had 4,000 people in the stands, I doubt they were, like, selling out of jerseys. Well, and that was actually part <laughs> of Pablo Maurer's reporting uh, 
you know, when he was going deep on, for the athletic on jerseys, it was like, you know, hey, we want to bring back third kits, but, like, only certain teams are going to be able to do it because we're not going to make them for the teams that can't sell them. And I, I think there's – while it's easy for us to say as fanatics who would totally buy that third kit right away, although if they keep charging $140, $150 for it, I, I'm not going to buy it. But um, I, I think they've, you've got to have a fan base that's definitely going to buy it or else this is going to make a ton and they're not going to sell them and they'll lose money in the long run. Well, I mean, I think – I mean, you're right. It's just better for Adidas to say, like, okay, we're just not going to do this. But I think that that's where it's a challenge to create a really good third kit. It's not just some mediocre thing that only the fanatics are going to buy. You do the Cherry Blossom jersey, you're going to have non-soccer fans wearing I, that Cherry Blossom jersey. I think it'll happen. I, you've started to see some of the lower-level teams like uh, Las Vegas Lights, uh Ford Madison. I, I mean, their Those kits are incredible. Their kits are amazing. I like almost bought a few of them. I mean, I have uh, my like local lower level soccer team. I'm from South Carolina, so I have a Charleston Battery jersey. Uh, and, and you'd love to support that kind of stuff. And I would love, 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 love if MLS started branching out into like some crazy designs. I mean, Ford Madison's has like a thousand times more pink on their jersey than Inter Miami. Um, it's just it's great i don't know dc united could have done the same thing they they had a design plan for a pink jersey and i would have bought it because pink on a jersey is just cool and this isn't you know a problem that's specific to mls you know we sometimes feel that you know mls gets a lower priority comes to jerseys but you look at international jerseys a couple years ago world cup you saw england and portugal and the united states all wearing the same away red jersey it's uh it's frustrating when you think about the different options that are out there Right, and, and the current, oh my gosh, the current U.S. jersey, the blue one where they look like a spotted cow, it's just, I, I don't know what, I, I guess they tried to be a little bit more creative. It's I think the men's national team has to start playing better before anyone gives them. Oh, I, I haven't play. seen them play in that. I've seen the women play because I pay more attention because they, you know, are competitive. Are good. Yeah. I think it's really easy to have like a, a fan contest to create jerseys because then you're not spending money on developing a jersey and you're getting people because i mean like at the end of the day the people who work for the team or the people who work for adidas are not necessarily fans of the team or like athletes and that's totally fine they're just doing their job but maybe like they're not in touch with and that's not to say that obviously like there are a lot of people in the dc united staff who are like very big fans i'm not trying to like add anyone i'm just saying that fans sometimes are more in touch with these things than the executives can be um, because they're just kind of doing their jobs. So I have been saying this for a long time. I think it'd be super cool for some type of team to have like a fan contest. That's what Madison did. They had their supporters groups like make those jerseys and they're fantastic. They're awesome. And they've got what names of season ticket holders. Yeah. That's a really nice touch. Oh yeah. Like throughout. Yeah. Well, it was cool when MLS did that too. They did the pictures on the back and people on the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, That was neat. Yeah. And they, people absolutely like bought those. It was like just a little bit creepy, but like the execution was cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd prefer the, the names, like the written out names as opposed to a picture. Yeah. But it was still like a really cool thing because then a lot of like the player interviews at the time too, were like, it's very nice to like look around at your teammates and be like reminded, especially when you're at away games that like, these are the people you're playing for. It was like a constant, like our fan base is still with us, even if they're not like physically here with us, which is really awesome. Speaking of which, today was going to be the first uh, away day of the season where DC United had uh, afforded season ticket members the opportunity to go for free, which is super cool and uh, definitely something that looking forward to, to making up. Please let this Philly game be on a weekend again yeah. <laughs> when it gets rescheduled because, boy, this was just going to be perfect today. But uh, we've got to set up for our next segment. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Frederick Briant is going to be calling in here in just a few moments. Um 
this guy has been absolutely critical since joining the black and red uh, just a couple years ago at the start of the 2018 season. So uh, Fred's been here as long as Audi Field has at this point, yeah. and he got to go on the the adventure, the away day adventures to the Soccerplex in Annapolis at the start of that 2018 <laughs> season, and uh, he's he's been a critical part of the team. Yeah, ever sh- since shouts from the supporter section last year for for player of the season. He uh, underrated, I think, so far for this team. Yeah. I, I think it's it's easy for a lot of folks to to see on paper that the dude's 34 years old now and, and kind of write him off, but boy, not with the way he's playing. And he's currently tied for DC United's yeah, leading can't wait to ask score about that. <laughs> in, in, in 2020. What a ball. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we're really looking forward to having Fred on. We're going to dial him up here in just a second, so we'll toss it to break. And when we come back, we'll talk to Fred Briant here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. This is Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And we're joined now live by Fred Briant, center back for DC United. Fred, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. It's so great to so great to have you on. Thanks again for, for taking the time. And I, I guess we'll start. We're in uh we're in kind of uncharted times here. So how are you and your family holding up with all the with with the current situation going on in the world? Uh, we are good. Uh, we are good. You know, it's not easy for my kids to understand what's happened right now, but uh, we are good. Uh, we try to do our best and um, and uh, pass the time as we can, but for sure it's not easy. Definitely staying positive, it sounds like. And as far as the, the team, like, have, have they been doing much to, to keep you kind of in shape or they just been sending workouts to to the house and obviously the 
the league has suspended training, at least for the time being. So have you been able to, to stay active as best you can? Yeah, we try. Uh, we try. It's not easy because um, for myself, I don't have uh, access to the gym. So I have a courtyard. I have a chance to have a courtyard in the, where I live. So I can go outside some sometimes uh, to the gym. Uh, but for we have to run and, you know, it's not easy because I, I need to find um, the field. But the field is there a crowd. Um, I can understand that uh, it's, it's like that right now. And uh, I try to avoid uh, uh, the contact with the people, but sometimes it's not easy. But yeah, um, uh, I try to stay fit and I try to do something every day. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds like you're doing the best you can. Um, how about just kind of staying connected with your teammates? Have you been able to stay in touch with them? Have you all been doing video chats or anything like that? Yeah, we, we try to uh, to stay in touch. You know, it's not, it's not easy. Huh? Everybody's at home right now. So, uh, um, we are lucky because we have the, the social media right now with Instagram, with uh, all stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but for sure it's not easy. Um, the staff try to do also um, a call a um, few, uh, few times in, in the week to uh, to see um, if everything is okay with us. Um, but, uh, yeah, we miss, uh, we miss the guy for sure. And uh, uh, we, can bet, uh, we can wait to, um, to be back. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good to hear they're taking care of you, Fred. Uh, this is Josh. Uh, how does it feel? Uh, we, we were talking about this earlier. How does it feel to be tied as DC United's Golden Boot winner? I, I didn't hear you. Sorry. Uh, how does it feel to be tied as DC United's Golden Boot winner? We we all saw that volley in the last game, and you're currently tied as with one goal as the current Golden Boot winner for DC United. How does that feel? Uh, about you, you talk about my goal? Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's the right time to be striker, no? <laughs> <laughs> we'll plug you in up top. Yeah, uh, if we want to talk about the goal, I think it's a good goal and... Uh, uh, first is a good free kick from uh, Edison, and I follow I follow the uh, the ball and uh, and I score. But um, we have to think about the result because it was very important for us. What was that that moment like? You know, particularly right after that goal went in. I mean, it, it was that was a game that was stressful. Miami took a lead very early. We had a big yeah. red card decision, big PK converted by Yamil, and then you just blasted it into the back of the head and, and the stadium erupted. And we could see from the supporters section, just like all of the players were so excited. You guys ran over, just getting us even more fired up. I mean, how did that feel? Yeah. Uh, it's good. You know, it's good for the, for the support there, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a game with a, a lot of situation, bad and, and good situation. So I think it's good for the support there, but for us, it's, it's very hard, you know, and the game, we knew exactly uh, what um, what was the game. Uh, very hard pressure from uh, from Miami. Uh, they did well first from the, the, the first 15 minutes, and uh, and we conceded the goal. And uh, yeah, uh, there is a situation with the uh, with the red card. We conceded the goal at this time, so it was it was not easy. But at this time, we turned our mind, and uh, I think we show a very good character, um, like we did in in the, in the past. I think we have a, a very good character in the team. And um, and we did it, and and we are we won the game, and I think um, it's good for the future. Why right now? For sure, it, it won't be uh, easy to uh, to to come back, but it will be the same for for every team. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I can I, I can wait to uh, to be back because uh, I I miss it. 
are those the opportunities that you relish? You know, obviously being in defense, your first role is to to protect our goal. But when you have a chance to go forward on be it a free kick or a corner or some kind of opportunity, there are you stepping up, ready to make an impact, or you know, how do you prepare yourself to be you're ready to shift gears in a situation like that? Um, yeah, we work on the set pieces for for sure because um, uh, I'm tall, uh, like Steve uh, with me. You know, um, is, is the, the strength for, for us uh, during the, the set pieces. So we, we work on doing the, doing the week, doing the um, doing the preparation. And um, this one, you know, uh, we were in in the good spot, uh, just behind the wall, ready for the second ball, and uh, and the ball came came in in, in my feet. So sorry. You are me? No, go, go ahead. We, we, we still got you loud and clear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, like I said, yeah. The good spot, and uh, I took my chance, and, and I think it's a good goal. Now, at the other end of the field, you know, us standing in the fa- in the stands, we can, you know, see a lot going on when you're all are, uh, defending a, a dangerous opportunity. How does it feel to have Bill Hamid in your ear uh, letting you know what he wants, and how do you all keep organized in situations like that? Um, yeah, like I said, we, we work on the, during the week and, um, uh, uh, I think the, the best thing is, is the communication with the keeper, with the, with the back forward, with the situation. And, um, I think we, uh, we did, we did well, um, last year and, uh, and this year. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's first of all about the, the communication, especially during this, uh, this scenario, you know, this case. Yeah, that's great. Um, obviously, as we've said, these are unprecedented times, kind of getting two games in um, and then having to take a break. But it's great that we ended that on a high note with getting that win over Miami. Um, what were the team's takeaways from those two games? Have you all, um, I know you said the front office has been organizing calls for you all, but just how? what was the feeling in the locker room maybe before the season was put on hold after those two games? Yeah, uh the first game was uh, was very bad. Uh, it's very hard to start with a uh, with uh, the bad game like that, especially when you when you lose. You know, um, it was very important for us to bounce back uh, against uh, Miami. Uh, we did it, but uh, to be honest, we didn't have too much time to talk about the, the last two games after after that because uh, um, there were the break and there were this case with uh, with the, the virus. So. Uh, um, we, we're going to talk about about the, the, the situation uh, when, when when we will be back. But uh, to be honest, yeah, no, we didn't we didn't talk about about the, the last two games too much uh, after after the games. Great. So yeah, I guess moving forward, how do you think um, this break in the season will affect the rest of the season and the mentality going back into the games? Um, the mentality, no, um, I don't think so because uh, like. When I talk with with my my teammate or my friends, uh, we are ready to uh, to be back, and we can't wait to be back, you know, because uh, we miss it. It's our patient before before our job. So yeah, we want we want to be back. So I think the mortality will will, will be there for sure. But um, yeah, uh, it will be strange because the, the schedule will change. Um, we are we're gonna do uh, I think a small preparation before the the, the first game was was coming. Um, yeah. It would be strange, but no, the mortality would be there for sure. No, that that's really exciting. And, and for those of you guys just joining the show right now, we're we're live with Fred Briant here on Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast, presented by Heineken. And if you've got questions for Fred, you can ask them using the hashtag Tried and True DCU on Twitter. That's the hashtag Tried and True DCU. 
Yeah, um, so that's great. Obviously, the fans are really excited um, to watch you all play again. That's great that you all are raring to go. Um, the There have been a lot of different alternatives tossed around for getting back into the season. Um, so I've heard that there's the potential um, to play for the teams to play in front of empty stadiums basically to have no fans within the stadiums um and then there's also obviously the potential to just wait until everything um gets a little calmer and fans are allowed to be in the stadium again so which do you prefer would you rather get started sooner without the fans in the stadium or would you rather kind of wait and have that atmosphere back when we start up again uh, to be honest i prefer to play front of uh, of my crew or, or front of my supporter because uh he's uh is the 12 guys, you know, um, we, we, we need, we need the supporter. And, uh, uh I think it, it's normal and we have a very good supporter in DC. Um, they help us, uh, all, all the time. And yeah, I, I will prefer to play front of my supporter, but to be honest, um, I don't know, uh, how it will be because, um, we have a lot of games to, to play, uh, front of us, uh, but, uh, we have to, um, to reschedule the game. So maybe, uh, yeah. We're going to play some games uh, in an empty stadium. I, I don't know. Uh, now, we are, like we said, we, are, we live um, day by day and uh, see what's happening in the future. But, um, yeah, we don't, we, don't know, we don't know yet. We don't know, we don't know yet when we're we going to start the training. So they say right now uh, one more week, but um, maybe, maybe more. We don't know yet. Depends on uh, the, the, the various... Um, um, uh, I can say the very is going, you know. So let's see. Yeah, lo- lots of unknowns right now. W- one thing, you, Fred, you've been in this league for over five years now, and I'm curious from a from a player's perspective, which stadium or which city is the most difficult to play in as as an away as a member of the away team? What, what's the hardest away day for you? Um, Atlanta, Atlanta is a very hard, very hard stadium. You know the. The first is the turf, and, uh, and the, the crew over there is, uh, is incredible. Um, the first time I played there, I think that there were 80,000 people um, for a MLS game, so it, it, was, it was crazy. But it's very good atmosphere. We, we play for this kind of atmosphere, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's hard to play there, especially against, uh, against Atlanta. <laughs> Are there any uh, stadiums or fields in the league that are, are tougher to play on? You know, obviously you have some experience playing up in New York City, and uh, they've got kind of a unique situation there. Is it is it tough to shift gears to play on a slightly smaller field like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, but New York for me is, I mean, is uh, I I play, I play there, so uh, um, even is a is a is a baseball baseball field. You know, um, I know it is, but when you play there for for the first time it's very strange but right now for me for me it's okay um if we talk about new york for sure it's something special for me because uh, I, I used to to play there during two years but um yeah i think the the most uh the more difficult is um yeah from for me the, the turf and uh, and like uh, maybe seattle or new england the turf over there um but yeah now it's, it become usual because you know it's, it's my almost my fifth year here in the in US, so it, it become usual. Well, we we all here wish that we were getting ready to watch you play up at uh, the Philly Union Stadium. 
uh, and Chester, but uh, we just want to thank you so much for coming on and, and fielding some questions with us. And uh, I just want to say that we've been following your social feed. We, we love the pictures, uh, the, the arts and crafts, penguins and, and the like. So thanks for uh, sharing those moments with us. It's, it's a bright spot for us. And again, thank you for coming on. For sure. For sure. My, my pleasure. Uh, I hope we're going to see, uh, going to see us uh, um, very soon, <laughs> very soon um, in the stadium or, uh, even in the training facility. Yeah, thanks so much, Fred. Best of luck to you and the team for the rest of the season, and, and hopefully we'll see you live at the stadium uh, on the show here in the not-too-distant future. So thanks again for everything. Thank you. Thank you for having, for having me, and uh, stay safe, guys, and uh, stay at home as much as possible. <laughs> well, it, it's tough, but we're, we're doing our best. That's what we got to do, right? Okay. See you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks so much. That's Frederick Briant, center back for the black and red, number 13. We're going to throw it to break. We'll be right back to wrap things up right after this here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Fine. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at TriedAndTrueDCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at TriedAndTrueDCU. Welcome back to Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And a special thanks again to Frederick Briant for joining the show today. Great interview. And if you missed it, if you're just tuning in live now, we'll have a, a podcast up here shortly uh, across all your favorite. What are they called, Sam? Podcatchers. Podcatchers. Yes, <laughs> we'll, be up, uh, we'll be up shortly after the show uh, on there. So now that the phone line's open, uh, we do encourage you to join the show via phone as well. You can always call us at 202-892-6328. That's 202 DCU. Uh, we've got what I think is going to be an interesting and potentially a bit contentious segment to, to bring the show home here. We're going to talk a little bit about what the league 
can, could, should, might do, I guess, as we as we get hopefully to the other side of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. There's a lot of options on the table right now. And, and if you've read anything in The Athletic this week or across the other uh, news source, I think Yahoo Sports had one as well. Um, with the season coming back in the beginning of May at the earliest, and I think a lot of folks are here in June, is potentially a lot more likely. You know, this was yet another year that the league hoped to wrap early. They were going to wrap, what, at the end of very early November, end of October, I think? I think it was end of October, yeah. Which is a change from previous seasons, which we've gone as late as December and that's partially the way that they um, set up the schedule and it's partially that there's an international break in there so you had to push some of those um, those the end of the playoff games and the MLS Cup um, that far and with what we were hoping to do for this season um, we would have wrapped up prior to that international break yeah and it, it seems as if that's almost certainly not going to happen this year um, with, with the way the scheduling is going to be going um, there's been talk about potentially cutting uh, the U.S. Open Cup as a whole, which would be devastating to me as I really, really love the Open Cup, but it sounds like the USL um, it has already kind of told the league, like, look, we're not going to be able to make that work this year. DC United have commitments along with a lot of other teams to for the League's Cup. Um, there's some Conca Champs that has to finish out in theory. And, of course, this was supposed to be the first big uh, all-star game with Liga Amiakis this year, and I know Major League Soccer does not want to miss out on that. So... How do we do it? How do we how do we fit all these games in? Well, there were also those friendlies. We we're going to have Wayne Rooney back in town. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. Right? I think that that Pablo reported that, but yeah, it was like part of the maybe part of the terms uh, of him leaving was that he come back. I mean, I of the things, and I know this might hurt some people's feelings, but I would rather play Open Cup than have Wayne Rooney come play in a friendly and, and trot around for thirty minutes. I mean, I'd rather play Open Cup than League's Cup, but I know I, the League's Cup makes a lot more money, unfortunately. I think at this point. Yeah, the Open Cup, though, what it's the longest running tournament in America, and, right? In soccer, in okay. soccer, because of the, the other tournaments stopped before World War One and World War Two, um, so I, it would be it would be a tragic. I, I mean, they should open. I'll go play. I'll go play in the Open <laughs> Cup, right? You have have to our be. Monday League come play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> DC United FC is our <laughs> amateur uh, version of the team. I think we were... Uh, we, we get to wear the, the jerseys that win the bracket as, <laughs> our, as our official kit. There we go. That's funny. Um, yeah, there's there, there's been a few proposed ideas that I've seen to, to finish the MLS season. One of my favorite ones uh, came from Reddit. Someone proposed that we go to a World Cup bracket where the teams enter group style just like the World Cup and then you know play to a final and the the winner of the World Cup MLS tournament is the champion of MLS that year and it just kind of fulfills that prophecy that reporter like horribly asking if Schweinsteiger if Chicago were going to win the World Cup it, it could happen just a year <laughs> too late for Schweine to, yeah, to be part of it I mean there's there's still time right that's true well if you went that style do you draw pods by region do you draw everyone randomly <laughs> well um, yes let's seriously talk about this <laughs> <laughs> listen we could these are unprecedented times anything could happen I think we could get could, would it what would the group of death be and would it be Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, LAFC. That's got to be the group of death. Or I guess or San Jose are, is closer. Well, the group of death is one team who clearly can't make it through, right? It's like the three power teams and the one team that's obviously going to die. Well, I mean, I, I think if you, if you put Atlanta in that group, if we, if we throw out like, ooh, you know, oh. throw out geographic pots. Yeah, Atlanta, are we closer to Atlanta Portland, Seattle, or Atlanta or something? Uh, like, oof. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because if you're doing it geographically, is Nashville, like, over with these Eastern teams, or are they playing up and, like... Sam Castor. Don't get me started on that one now. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, one thing that's potentially positive coming out of this is we're going to have to reschedule the Nashville game in theory that none of us are going to be able to go to. So yeah. maybe we'll be able to pull that Although off. I think we're all crossing our fingers that they don't just kind of shuffle the rest of the season because I think that we're all keeping our hopes up that we're going to be able to be play in August. Um, yeah. And DC United had an o- the away at Miami and then the away at Orlando. Glorious. On Saturday and then Saturday, so we were all going to go down maybe and do a beach week. Throw the Atlanta game in there, and we could hit all oh, three. Wouldn't that be perfect? That would just be beautiful. At MLS, <laughs> <laughs> I continue to get hopper alerts for that trip, and it's it's kind of comical how cheap those flights are right now. But I'm just very unwilling to pull the trigger with with no certainty in the air. But I, I think one of the things that we've seen thrown around that seems the most plausible to me is, in all seriousness, they're probably going to have to cut out some games. And that might be because they want to try to fit in competitions like the Open Cup and the League's Cup and things like that. Or, depending on how long this goes on for, they may have to cut out games just for time. I mean, I I think the new CBA, and actually I believe this was the case in the old CBA, it requires a month uh, at least of time off between the the MLS Cup final and the start of of preseason training. Which, of course, part of that is is Champions League, so those clubs starting a little bit earlier. So, one of the things we've heard thrown around would be that you could cut out the games against uh, the opposite conference. Yeah, well, before we get into that, would we rather see games cut from the league to play the Open Cup? I think the answer, I know uh, the answer, but or would we rather like play all the league games and just cut those tournaments? I, I, I mean, I'm one of those people, I mean, I love watching DC United play. I would play it regardless, but I, I look for the schedule and I'm like, oh, yeah, Carlos Vela is coming to town. I would love to see that game. You know, Ibrahimovic is coming through. But, I mean, there's... There's out of conference games that. Do you think I, Quincy still got rent free space in Zlatan's head? I'm just. I, I you no brought problem. up the galaxy. I, am, <laughs> uh, I have strong opinions about all of those <laughs> matters, and I don't think any of them positive. So I'll just keep my mouth shut. Uh, I'm glad. Never mind. I just. I'm glad that Ibrahimovic has moved on uh, for the sake of the league. Well, and, and you know, going back to the trying to reschedule these games and make something that works there are a lot of different elements that go into it it's not as simple as sitting down and saying hey we'd like to play on these days and these are the teams that are available you've got stadium restrictions you know the shared stadiums we talked about in new york city sharing theirs with a a baseball team uh we're fortunate here in dc that audi field we generally get uh first right on well it's ours yeah so yeah (laughs) yeah it it could impact the spirit games though depending on how this plays out but you're right this is a huge year for them so it might be yeah crucial for them because they were you know maybe testing the waters have moved to audi field full time and then now that they're not even, they haven't even started their their season. Like they haven't had one training session. So it it could be a banner year for New York City FC though, because their backup plan was City Field, and the Mets would also be in the same boat as everyone else with trying to fit in as many games as possible. I can't wait to go to Hartford away because you know they sometimes play their away games <laughs> in Connecticut. City. And then I would actually be okay with that. <laughs> we get some we get some pizza in Connecticut on the way. I, I can make that work. I've, I've done Red Bull away. You know, it would be fun to go to Red Bull Arena to watch a New York City FC game. Just because. could we sit in the supporter sections? Who gets a sit in the supporter section? The New York City fans or the DC United fans? The New York City fans. Yeah, I, at I mean, Red Bull Arena, well, they get to sit. Their home game. Yeah, it's technically their home game. Oh, gosh. The people also, will be riding outside the you stadium. You can't <laughs> enter the Red Bull supporter o- section in DC United. Like, you'll just burst into flames. Like, they, uh, you can't. It's a feature of that. Of that exactly. They, they built it in over the preseason. You might have missed that one. And but, we know uh, they got plenty of space there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's plenty well, of cars. just fit all three groups in. Yeah. It's just so, all. <laughs> but, but Sam, back to, your, back to your question. I, I would say, in, in my personal opinion, is I would rather cut the games against the Western Conference to fit in the Open Cup because I really like the Open Cup. So, that, that would be my vote 
but again, we're, we're talking about a situation here where we can make all the games fit, and we're probably playing three games a week quite a bit, which means we're going to be seeing a lot of Loud and United in the Open Cup. But they're so, not eligible on their own. So, so like, follow-up question, would you rather see the opposite conference games cut or would you rather just play everyone in your conference once remember this is the first season that we already aren't playing every team yeah I'd, cut cut the western conference games i would rather cut the double within no, conference I, games I, like, I, I think i'm the same on this i think i'd rather go back to the trying to play everybody you know obviously as MLS has grown it's going to be tougher to get as many games as, as you want and yes it would be unfortunate to only get new york red bulls at home and not get to go play them at red bull arena but i, I think i would rather you know get that full mix and you know have a more equitable schedule across the board than playing teams in your conference which we've already kind of hinted at is a little bit arbitrary like why is nashville in the west yeah uh, so that would be more like a college football situation where oh this year you just play against clemson at at clemson you know so you're out of advantage this year and, and then probably next year we go back to the regular season but you know it's it's just a fact of life in other sports that oh you have to go away this this year and, and you know if you're good enough to beat clemson at clemson then then clearly you were gonna or if you're not then maybe that was just you know your team wasn't good enough at all josh likes clemson i, I do like yeah. clemson and it's been a while since florida state won at clemson i just want to come yeah, go ahead anyway i mean <laughs> i was already pretty mad um going into the season as i said because we're already not playing every single team and that's pretty nonsense so i think i'd rather yeah. see the like we don't play every eastern conference team twice but let's throw back in the three teams that we're not going to be able to see right i'd rather western see vea and Brendan aronson than Brendan aronson twice for philly right. see I, I guess yeah i mean I, I totally see where you guys are coming from and and you could you could make the supporter shield matter a little bit more if you at least played everybody once and you're right you'd ha- you just have to deal with some teams you're going to get at home so you're going to get away I, I guess I look at through the lens of I want to have as many away day opportunities as possible <laughs> and games on the East Coast are much easier to do that with. So I'd rather, you know, may, be able to make sure I can go to Philly, Jersey, New York. Oh, so it's all about you. In this <laughs> I mean, it's episode five and you're just coming. Out. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like this is my podcast. So <laughs> welcome to the show. Plus, I think we're going to we'll probably have a better shot of beating some of those teams than we would the uh, the North Northwest corner. Well, that's the thing, too, right? Like who? I think it's an undeniable fact in all of MLS that the Western Conference is just a harder conference. So, you know, it it makes it hard to then, I mean, again, because we're not playing every team this season or even because, you know, you play always, you've played every team in your conference twice, you know, it makes it hard to really compare conferences. You know, it makes it hard last season to say, like, is New York City as good as LAFC? No, but also, like, LAFC is playing harder competition right and as much as like teams are like oh you don't play down to your competition level like you know you're you're gonna play your game the whole time it's it's definitely hard when you're playing Orlando twice who hasn't entered the playoffs ever versus when you're playing like LAFC twice and they're forcing you to up your game and be more creative and think about how you're gonna break down these tactically better teams like you already see that disparity and you get a different priority on some of the games too. You know, when you talk about playing games in your conference, if that's how you're going to choose, if you're standing in your conference is how you make the playoffs. Those are games you're going to value more. You know, particularly when you talk about having fixture congestion towards the back half of the season, it, it does get challenging. And I, I get John's point that if that's how you're going to decide the playoffs, that's uh, you got to make sure that you have an equitable uh, battle for you know conference supremacy. But I'd still like to see you play everybody. Yeah, no, that's a great point, too. Like, the conference games do matter more. You know, if you pick up 
games or if you pick up points against the other conference like that's great those are basically bonus points to you but when it when you're talking about making playoffs because it's within that conference structure it's more important to beat the teams within your conference i think i think it'll just come down to more of a logistical thing and sam you work in events i think it'll be when they find out they can play games what because because it's going to yeah. take time to completely make a new schedule uh, well, that's what I wonder. Are they going to just, just slot butcher, in the remaining yeah, games yeah. or are they going to completely scrap whatever schedule is left in existence and reshuffle all the teams together? Well, one of the, I guess one of the sad but true moments of the, the days we're living in right now is it's not like anybody has any other plans right now. So, I mean, <laughs> for, for the time, for once, you know, scrapping a schedule and, and, and kind of redoing it, like, I, I think they could probably get away with that if, if that's what has to happen. It's, it's crazy times. And, and, you know, one of the things that we've talked about a bit ever since, you know, the league continued to expand and we stopped playing everybody twice and, and we continue to get more and more difficult is who gets to host MLS Cup? And and that's gone to, you know, the, the team with the most overall points, the Supporters Shield winner, or if they get eliminated, you know, the, the, the team with the highest amount of points remaining. A lot of folks over that time period have called for MLS to go back to a neutral site, which they used to do. And it sounds like that's something that MLS is very much considering this year, depending on how the schedule shakes out uh, somewhere where they could go potentially indoors. So that, and that could be in a non MLS city or a future MLS city. That's got an NFL stadium. That's a dome or just a, a stadium in nice weather. So presumably somewhere in the, in the South, because if we're talking about a December MLS cup um, in theory, it's going to be cold uh, up in the North. So what do we think about that? I'll let Black share and Joshua share the wrong opinion, and then I'll jump in. <laughs> so I completely understand that Supporter Shield has lost its value over the years, especially when you talk about not playing everybody. It's hard to <laughs> Red Bulls. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say that you know the Supporter Shield is the end all be all when you haven't played everybody and you've got unbalanced schedules and, and what have you. But I do like the idea of having the regular season have a bigger impact when it comes to MLS Cup. Uh, we haven't seen huge divergence as far as you know a number one team from one conference going through playing you know the number seven uh but i, I do think that there needs to be some value to having had a solid regular season getting to host that uh mls cup at home it, it's a big deal you know and your supporters should have the opportunity to celebrate that and, and you know obviously we're, we're talking about trying to you know play in december you would be looking for a, a warmer climate is that an advantage to some of the other clubs maybe not some of the ones like the torontos and the new york cities who are going to have harsher weather in uh december i, I like seeing it where the, the team has earned it yeah i, I think I, i'm just looking at it. logistically you could have i mean it, a lot of things but this is a hypothetical so nashville atlanta playing the mls cup final in la and there would be, I mean, there would be support. I'm sure those teams would travel, but what stadium are they filling? Uh, you're going to have a couple thousand people for an MLS Cup final who are actually fans of the team playing there? Are we just having, like, you know, go back to earlier MLS where it's just full of soccer moms taking their kids to the soccer game? That's well, and, and some of that, I think, kind of goes to what's the league looking to get, right? Do they want the money? I mean, I think it, we're at the point now where at least the MLS Cup rights, those games are being played on network television now, so they're... They're making the money there, I, I, I think. And, and one of the big reasons why they've really said we're not playing games behind closed doors is they want the atmosphere. Right. And so you're right. If you if you get in that situation and you're playing at, like, say, the new Rams-Chargers stadium in Inglewood, massive stadium would be filled with a, a largely neutral crowd in that, in that case. 
Yeah, and you know we, we've talked about you know developing stadiums, getting uh, additional soccer specific and, uh, teams in their own stadiums. Playing MLS Cup can be an, a reward for that, and you see that in other sports where you are almost guaranteed to get a Super Bowl if you build a new football stadium. But when you talk about trying to do that in MLS, I don't know if you have that same way. We've already kind of accomplished that by rewarding teams that build new stadiums with the All-Star game. So you're already getting additional benefits for that. You don't have to uh, give them an MLS Cup, you know, make it tied to the game. All right, Sam. <laughs> I know you're trying to get in here. So I disagree. Um, and here's why. <laughs> so I think we were just talking about how it's already kind of nonsense that you're not playing every team the same amount, right? You're not playing every team at all in this iteration of the way that they had previously set up um, this 25th season. But when you're not, when you're playing more Eastern Conference teams, if they're easier versus Western Conference teams, right, then you're not necessarily rewarding. It's hard to reward something that's imbalanced in the season already. So I don't think it's necessarily, oh, reward like that's kind of a weird if it's already unbalanced you can't say that one team deserves it over another because they played easier teams or harder teams and that up their level or whatever so as so a su- as a supporter as a dc united fan a dc united qualifies for mls cup would you like them to have the opportunity to host it yes but i'd also love for them to establish where the mls cup is being played because that also kind of spreads the wealth john was kind of mentioning I don't, I, don't, I don't think it would spread the wealth at all I, i'm sorry to cut you off but is mls cup final if it's if it's a set location is it ever coming to audi field with twenty thousand seats no but so i, I guess Does it deserve to with a twenty thousand so seat stadium dc united never gets to host mls cup atlanta gets to host it every year yeah probably that's something that should have been so determined. atlanta has mls cup home field advantage every single year well, first of all, they don't make the cup every year. Second Basically. of all, it's not always in Atlanta, you know, when you're talking about a couple thousand seats. But, I mean, yeah, that's something that owners need to take into consideration when they're building their stadiums. They need to think, what is our long term for this? So, I, I, you bring up an interesting point for sure. I mean, I, I definitely don't think, I mean, I, I know for land restriction purposes, uh, Audi Field probably couldn't have been much bigger um, or else we would have been in a lot more debt uh, and, and probably not filling those seats, at least for the So we get an owner who pays for it. But I, I think that that kind of leads into like when you've got Wednesday night home games or you've got, you know, Saturday cold weather games or the team's just not good, you know, then then you're you're looking like Sunderland with the entire upper deck shut you know or red bulls yeah you put money into it is that it's only, more incentive well, but the red bulls only have twenty five thousand seats so, so they're not that much bigger so the yeah so the cap at audi field to f- please enough fans to get people to fill audi field is very different than to please enough fans to get the mercedes-benz in atlanta filled right so the owners are essentially determining what their success is going to mean because dc united can say that we sold out you know, in a couple of years, they can say we sold out every single game, but that's very different from Atlanta or LAFC being able to say that we sold out every single game. So are we rewarding the owners who are like, we're not going to put money into being able to get more fans into the stadium because we're going to be able to host the cup anyway? Or are we rewarding the owners who are going to put money into building really large soccer specific stadiums and growing the sport in the country and saying you all will get to host the MLS Cup and then you'll be able to reap the rewards because I think that there are enough fans of soccer who are going to go to these games. So, for example, in 2007, the MLS Cup was in um, RFK and watching at home, you could hear the Barra Brava, the Screaming Eagles chanting DC United through the TV. DC United was not playing in that game, but you could hear it. So I don't think it's a question of whether or not 
fans will go. I think everybody singing in this room and most of the people listening and most of the people who will listen later on, you're going to go if it's an MLS Cup, right? Because it's sure. two teams who probably have powerhouse players. And like Joshua was saying, he wants to see Vela play at Audi Field. So he's going to go to that game regardless of if DC United is playing or not. But you're just not going to have the atmosphere that you had for the I hate the what they call it, but the LA Galaxy LAFC game during the playoffs. That that El you watch you watch the, I can't stand it. Uh, you watch that game because there's an atmosphere behind it, and, no. and MLS Cup would not have that if it was in a new. I disagree. Fight. It just doesn't have an atmosphere that heavily favors one side but that's almost better right because then you just have people who are there for the love of the game and you're just watching the game happen and I mean everyone's going to have their biasy of who they want to win you know or do you pull for your conference you know what I mean if it is at Audi Field and Philly is in the final are we nope. pulling for Philly because they're in our <laughs> yeah, conference not. or are you pulling you know for the other side because they have better players like it it opens up the minds and creates better knowledgeable soccer fans so I think I've got two thoughts based on what you said, Sam. One is, I would actually argue that if if they're going to go with a neutral option, right, I actually don't think the league would pick an MLS stadium, or at least a soccer-specific one in those cities. I think if, I mean, God forbid, they would pick FedEx in, in our area, but I think if they picked the New York metro area, they'd probably pick MetLife. I think if they picked, um, you know, Houston, they'd probably pick whatever the football stadium's called nowadays. I forget the sponsorship. It changes NRG, quite a bit. NRG. NRG, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't think they would pick one of the MLS stadiums, period, unless it's one of the, the ones that's shared with a football team or it's one of the larger ones like Toronto, um, because I think they would want to sell as many tickets as possible. And so they would say, great, we're going to pick this market. And then within the market, we're going to pick the stadium that's bigger for our flagship game. And that's, you know, one of the issues, too. You talk about, you know, there have been issues on ticket allocations on which team gets how many in the, under the current format and where the revenues are going. You know, for a lot of these owners, just being able to say that my stadium is hosted in MLS Cup is you know, roared enough and they can make the, the cash flow as it will. But you're right, John. If you start playing it at other sites that aren't affiliated, you know, kind of similar to what you see with the NCAA tournament where you've got a, a school hosting it but usually at a pro arena it becomes a very different uh concept altogether yeah and, and i think the travel opportunity would be cool right, for sure i mean not that we don't travel enough throughout the season but if, oh, we if don't. it turns out <laughs> until we can go to every game we don't travel enough but um I, I think if if they announce in june or july right say we get to the other side of this we figure out what the new schedule is and they say we're doing this and and we're going to play it in you know, pick a city, pick maybe St. Louis, pick a new city that's coming into the league or something. You know, then it's like, okay, fine. No one's going to have a decided home field advantage, right? It's going to be at a true neutral site. I think that's as it should be. That, that, that could be fun, right? That I also happen to really like St. Louis. So also to your point as fans, like I was a child when this league was first getting started and I wasn't around for a lot of those games, but I have friends who traveled to some of these MLS cup games and it was a lot easier as a fan to be able to say like, I'm going to go or not, and this is going to be, like, my vacation or whatever, but I'm going to go to this stadium, and I'm going to hope my team is in it, or as it got closer, and as it looks like you were going to make a really strong playoff run, or, you know, you really just had confidence in your team, you were able to plan to go there, as opposed to, it was going to be, like, a week's notice, and then flights are a lot more expensive, um, you know, hotels are going to be a lot more expensive. It's going to be harder to figure out like your work schedule. If you have children, their schedule or pets or whatever, you know, it just makes it harder on the away fans to get there. So that just exponentially increases that home field advantage, which I just like don't ag agree with. Because again, as we've said, like 
the regular season isn't equal. So why should someone receive that big of an advantage for something that they potentially didn't I, earn in the right so way? I hate to go back to college football, but I think two years ago, Alabama and Clemson played in the national championship in Santa Barbara. And there was 2,000 fans from each team and a hundred, like, I think it's a 80,000 seater, 2,000 fans from those teams went. And it, besides that, it was just people who had money that wanted to go to a big event. And, and I'd hate for that, the passion that I see in Which the stands. Which is what Super Bowl is. Yeah, yeah, I'd hate to see the passion I Which see in the sucks. stands week in and week out turn into a bunch of pe- rich people that have nothing better to do buying all the tickets. Well, I don't know that soccer is the thing that rich people are going to go do, so I don't think we're quite at that point. Corporate where sponsors. Have a lot we'll, of money. We'll yeah. Still, okay, so they're filling the boxes, but I don't think at this point rich people are going to go stand in the supporter section or they're just going to want to sit and watch a soccer game. And I think we may be at the back end of this particular discussion, but when you talk about uh, putting a major game like MLS Cup or the All-Star game in a non-soccer venue, like John mentioned St. Louis, which you know we're looking to have an MLS team soon, but you, know, you can use it as an opportunity to test out the market and see what kind of response there is there. That's one of the reasons that Atlanta got an expansion team was that they were selling out when it came time to host uh, CONCACAF games. They've you can have an opportunity there, but it may be that MLS is getting to the maturity point with the number of teams in the league that we don't necessarily have to test markets like that. I mean, we do similar things with the U.S. soccer team. Uh, maybe that's you know an argument for it. See, but- we've almost flipped sides because I would argue that it needs to be in a space where there already is. It needs to be in a region or like a city where there already is an MLS team. Let's just play it at Wembley. Solid. <laughs> That's going to get a lot of away fans. Yeah. 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 There's no also field plenty of MLS UK fans. James yeah, Graham James will be, would be there. <laughs> sure. I know. I mean, I know there's a lot of other, like, there's like a Red Bull UK. There's like a Philly UK. Like, there are a lot of other UK podcasts for the other teams. So and then maybe they'll, they'll finally filled. send either an FA Cup final or a Champions League final over here, which, by the way, I think is a terrible idea. They should keep those. I, I, as much as I would love to go see one of those those finals, they need to keep those in your You were going into the La Liga games that were... Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was uh, more interesting of a segment than I expected. What it did to be. we decide? Like, what conclusions I, did we come to? I think w- I don't think any of the <laughs> changed our opinion. <laughs> but it was it was definitely a good good healthy discussion. Um, we, we've got some other topics to talk about, but we've also got uh, a couple more weeks without soccer. So maybe we'll we'll table those uh, for next week. So I, I I think at this point, any any parting shots from the room? Wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands, stay inside. Just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, this is normally the, the, well, this is definitely the part of the show where I remind you to please follow us uh, on all the social media platforms uh, that we're on Twitter and Instagram. Um, join the show during the week. Uh, if you guys have thoughts when you're listening to us back on the podcast, uh, let us know your thoughts using the hashtag tried and true DCU. Uh, pl- please give us a rating uh, and, and tell a friend. Those are kind of the most important things you can do to help continue to grow the show. Um, normally right about now I'd be asking uh, if you knew anyone who wanted to put an ad on our program any small businesses but this week and, and for the foreseeable future I'm going to flip that a little bit and, and ask you as our listeners um, if you have the means please go visit one of the small businesses that's still open near you whether they're just doing carry out um, or, or delivery if they're a restaurant or if they're you know, a small business that's offering their services in, in a slightly modified way while we're in the middle of this pandemic um, please support your small businesses uh, for the time being because they're they're really the lifeblood at least of DC and, and most other cities uh, in the world and and hopefully we'll be on the other side of this sooner rather than later and and we can all kind of get back to business as usual and and uh, supporting the game and the team we love that's a wrap for this week so thanks for joining us uh, here on tried and true the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken 
we'll let you know real soon when our show is going to be next week. Uh, but for now, stay safe.